And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Thursday. Casey just clear here with Coach Brian Colley. I hope everybody is enjoying the start to their day. Um, we've got a jam-packed show today, and we've got uh, Gage Griffin, who will be joining us at 1145 of the Central LaFouche Trojans boys basketball team. Gage and his team are squarely on the bubble. They've got to win down the stretch to try to get into the Division I non-select playoffs. He knows it. Was talking to him off the air. They know it's do-or-die time for them. They've got three games left. Probably got to have two of them to get in. Um, we'll talk to Mr. Stan Gravois at 12.15 for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We look forward to chatting with Stan about all things happening in local sports and beyond. We'll get Stan's Super Bowl pick. We'll get uh, Stan's thoughts on signing day yesterday. Nickel State University brings in a bunch of guys. LSU brings in one five-star they thought they were going to bring in two. The other ended up signing with Texas A&M. Uh, all that coming up on the later stages of the show. But <clears throat> today is a huge, huge day for local high school basketball in our area. And partner, I didn't even realize this. Yesterday, I was in the home area. I was bored. I said, you know what? Uh, let's go get some pictures of the Terrebonne High School freshmen. So I did. I went get pictures of the Terrebonne High School freshmen playing on HL Bourgeois and also playing Destrehan. They did a doubleheader. Brandon Brown told me this today, and I didn't realize this until Brandon Brown told me this. Of course, tonight we've got HL Bourgeois and Hanville, which is our game of the week, which you could hear on ESPN 100.3. There, there being Terrebonne, Hosting East St. John tonight in Homa. So tonight in Homa, we've got Terrebonne and East St. John. We've got HL Bourgeois and Hanville. All within a span of about five minutes of one another. Two huge games. HL Bourgeois and Hanville. The Hanville team comes with some prolific scorers, some explosive athletic playmakers. HL Bourgeois has the Coleman kid and the Green kid, and it should be a wild and rowdy crowd over on the reservation. HL Bourgeois beat them the first game on the road, had a 20-point lead, nearly squandered it all, held on late, won by a point. On the flip side to that, I was talking to Brandon. Terrebonne played East St. John on the road. Remember, that was that weird Sunday road game at the end of a long week. Yep. Brandon said, hey, we just didn't have any legs. We had no chance. Said we were, you know, kind of the walking dead out there. He said watching him on film, he thinks that they could compete tonight. That is two ginormous matchups. A for the district standings, B for playoff positioning. Cannot wait, man. And we're going to get scoreboard updates from both games as we'll be at one. And I know someone who will be at the other. So tonight, big basketball, and we've got a lot of things happening in our area. Cannot wait to see how this shakes out. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Coach Brandon Brown's name. That's a smart man. You know, he uh, he knew, he knew the Pop-Tart curse. Yes. Uh, yes. Took advantage of it. Yes. And ended it. I mean, good okay. for him. Now, you, Mr. Casey Gisclair. Sir. Were supposed to bring some small Pop-Tarts into the office. Uh-huh. And you did not. Yeah, but, but you, you said you, you wouldn't eat well, them. Yes, I would. Now, the curse, you put the curse back on your Clippers. James Harden has been cursed long before we started talking about, <laughs> about this Pop-Tart business. Yeah, but he didn't have Westbrook with him. Now he does. Yeah, yeah fair enough. 
I'll bring I'll bring some in tomorrow. I'll bring some in. So if you don't, the curse is on, and that's your own doing. So what happens if I do? Will the Pelicans be cursed? Because man, I'll I'll leave this show right now. Oh yeah. And I'll leave you for the next 20 minutes. I could go to the truck stop and get some if or the Dollar General next door. Um, yeah, we got our butts kicked last night, man. Hey, and, hey, look, we'll talk about that later in the show. No excuses. I don't want to hear, oh, bro, they tired. Oh, they were on the road. No, no excuses. Got our butts kicked. I'm not going to do the, what, uh, what Richard Jefferson did the whole game and make excuses for why the Clippers were, were exhausted. No, that's part of the deal, man. It is. I'm, and you look, you still got your Clipper uh, cap on. Hell yeah. I had my Cowboys hat on the day after we lost to Green Bay, man. I'm a lot of stuff, and a lot of it ain't good, but I am loyal. That's one thing I am, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, Cowboys, Clippers. Yeah. <clears throat> Neither one has won anything in my life. but yeah. Well, hey. But this is my first Mostly. time experiencing it with the Clippers, and I still do think we're going to win the championship, by the way, but we'll find out. i tell you this, if the Pelicans play – on defense, the way that they did last night, they could beat anybody. The problem is the next game that they play, they're not going to play that way, and they're going to lose to somebody that they shouldn't lose to. That, that's that's the whole yeah, problem. And, and look, they made enough. We'll talk about it later, but they made enough threes down the stretch, and uh, Zion kind of woke up a little in that fourth quarter. But golly, he gets in the lane. He puts up some crazy shots. He sure does. Uh, he sure does, and he makes a lot of crazy shots too. Also, well, Let's see if this streak is going to end. Vanderbilt was scheduled to play Destrehan, and um, that game is not happening. Congratulations, Leon Veal. That's a really good scheduling decision. That game would have done nothing for you, sir. Um, so Vanderbilt will be taking on De- or w- was scheduled to be taking on Destrehan. That game is not going to be happening. We have Ed White tonight on the boys' side, who will be taking on International High School of New Orleans. That's a road game. International uh, usually has some wins. Uh, this year I haven't really checked on them too much, but they usually have some wins. So maybe an opportunity for E.D. White to, you know, pick up some PowerPoints, go on the road, and then maybe try to get some momentum. Home of Christian School is off tonight. We've got Covenant Christian, who's traveling to take on Maurepaw. So CCA's trying to earn some PowerPoints. Um, and then tonight, and this is unrelated to anything varsity-wise, but we got the South Lafouche Lady Tarpon uh, junior varsity. And I think the the junior varsity boys too are making the trip to Grand Isle. Um, so an opportunity for some of those younger kids to go to the island and get some work. So there's a lot of basketball in the area. But let's talk about the game that we have on the river tonight. If you were approaching this game, Brian, and you were sitting down and you were trying to come up with a game plan, you had them by 20 points the first game. You you squandered it. They, in the fourth quarter, dominated the game and actually had the ball late with a chance to win. How would you make sure that your team is doing the best that it can to do the stuff that got you the 20-point lead and preventing them from doing the stuff that allowed them to be 20 points better than you late to almost tie it up? How do you make sure that the good stuff is what you bring to the table tonight and not the bad stuff that happened in the second half? Yeah, that, that's the uh, <laughs> that's the key right there. You got to what you did well that first game. And look, I didn't see the first game. I did watch the Hornville and Country Day game last night. That was taped a, a couple of days ago. HL will have to control the boards. Hornville shoots a lot of three balls. At least that game they did. No, that's all the time. Yeah, and they are very aggressive on the offensive boards. If they can box out, I think they can get some cheap fouls called on 
uh, Hornvale get to the free throw line, hopefully convert. But I think it starts off controlling the boards. You cannot allow Hornville to get extra shots and uh, attempts at the basket. And um, if HL can shoot the ball well. But I think the battle on the boards is going to be a big, big difference tonight's game. Hanville sitting at 13 right now. They're 18 and 10 overall. HL Bourgeois is sitting at eight. They have a one one hundredth of a power point lead over number nine Central Baton Rouge. So you say, what's the significance of that? If you're number eight, you're going to be at home for two rounds, assuming you win the opening round game and assuming there's no upsets or whatever. I think they might have gotten rid of that upset thing, though, right? Is yes. It? Okay, so you would be at home for the first two rounds if you win in the opening round. But if you lose today, bro, you could drop some spots because Central Baton Rouge is likely to pass you. Rustin is right on your heels. You could start to slide a little bit. And what that does, especially in a playoff bracket that is as deep as this one is, every spot that you fall, you're facing a more and more quality opponent in the opening round. This is a huge game. I don't forget about the district championship chase. We're looking strictly at power points. This is a big game for both teams. Hanville can maybe slide themselves up a peg or two. Bourgeois can maybe slide themselves up a peg or two. This is a giant game for seeding tonight. Yeah, going to be a great game. And, again, I wasn't at the first game, so I don't know the particulars there. But you see uh, HL jumped out big and Hornville made a run. Uh, I think Hornville can go on those runs with getting, like I just mentioned, the extra possessions. But uh, if HL can take care of the basketball and run their offense, run their sets, and play good solid defense, uh, it's going to be a great game regardless. And I- I'm just hoping for a-, a great atmosphere in that gym tonight. So if you're Brandon and the Terrebonne Tigers, you face D. St. John, and I talked to him yesterday. He told me, he's like, look, man, it was like our fourth game of the week. It was a Sunday. Like, our kids had nothing um, going on the road. And he said he made the decision in the middle of the third quarter so as the game was sliding away, like, all right, let's just bring this one in. He, he sat a lot of his key players. Brandon thinks they've got the depth to bother East St. John tonight. And, again, this would be a great opportunity for them. If they win tonight, they're in, no matter how the rest of the season goes. They believe that if they win just one of their final three coming home, that they're in. But they're playing for seeding as well. Sometimes, assuming, Coach, that you could keep the kids mentally invested in believing that they could win, sometimes when you get blown out by somebody like that, it could maybe help you the second go-around, right? Because they might be taking you a little bit lax, and maybe you could punch them in the mouth tonight. Terrebonne's, I think, is going to give them a much better effort tonight. They got blitzed that first game. We all know why. They had dead legs playing on a Sunday, crazy stuff. No excuses. It is what it is. Tonight, it ain't going to be no 30-point game. Terrebonne's going to give them a much stiffer challenge tonight. Right, and they're going to have adjustments from that first-round game. And I think one adjustment, which Coach Brown spoke about earlier on, on this show a couple of weeks ago, is uh, offense goes to Billy out. You get the ball, in the, be a threat to score in the paint. He's – uh, darn near close to unstoppable. When he gets the ball in the paint, it just if if he can finish around the paint, a lot of times he gets to the rim and he's changing shots and he's just so darn athletic and misses some of them shots. But if he can finish those shots in the paint and draw fouls and like they did, get to the free throw line but convert and make the free throws, there's no doubt you make your adjustments 100% you can come back and get them tonight. Tomorrow... Um, and we're going to have Gage on, so I'm, I'm assuming it's still tomorrow and not tonight. Tomorrow, you got Central Lafouche taking on Thibodeau. 
Um, there's no parade route or nothing in Matthews tomorrow, so I would think that game would be safely be able to be held. Absolute must win. Um, Thibodeau has no playoff hopes to play for other than trying to ruin Central Lafouche's hopes. They're at home. The first matchup, we were there. Uh, it was close until the fourth quarter. Central Lafouche pulled away. Can't imagine the pressure on those boys tomorrow because they know they're facing a hungry parish rival, and if you lose, you're pretty much out. Um, ginormous game for Gage and his team tomorrow. I look for them. And this is where I give them a big edge. They got so many damn seniors. Thibodeau now has been gutted. They play in a lot of, a lot of ninth and 10th graders. I just think the experience factor is going to be big for Central Lafouche tomorrow, especially at home against Thibodeau, and it's going to be a pressure-packed game. Yeah, look, at it comes down to Thibodeau if they can find ways to score. Their defense is going to be Thibodeau defense this year. Great defense. If they can just find ways to score, they're going to be in some games. And getting back with these Mardi Gras games, Casey, man, it's a nightmare to schedule because you think, okay, yeah, there's no parades, but with security, if they have parades in Thibodeau. That's why Terrebonne's playing tonight. Couldn't get security yeah, tomorrow. These officers have to be at these parades, so you can't have security for your game. So uh, it would seem like it Central would be okay, but that depends on if they have enough security uh, for the game. It's uh, it's frustrating. It's aggravating <laughs> at this time of the year if you're a coach trying to get your schedules down and work your practice schedule around all this stuff. But uh, it, it doesn't go. It's, it, it is what it is. It's like that every year. If you're Central Lafouche, you're needing to win. You're rooting against North Shore. You're rooting against Fountain Blue. You're rooting against Hammond. You don't want any of those teams that are directly underneath you to get hot. And just to be safe, you probably got to win two out of three. Thibodeau, your favorite tomorrow. But then after that, you got Bourgeois and Hanville, bro. That's going to be really tough. Uh, but we'll see how they could shake it out. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we'll talk to their head basketball coach, Coach Gage Griffin. We'll have him on the line. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Where do my friends and other students find their voice? We find our voice through the performing arts, along with millions of other high school students. By expressing yourself in a role on stage, through an instrument, or at the debate podium, the performing arts give us freedom to find ourselves, to find our place. The stage is where I can play, perform, and compete with my friends. Performing arts at your school is where creativity meets courage. Encourage the students in your life to find their voice through the performing arts. 
This message presented by the NFHS, where we encourage all students to play, perform, and compete together. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey Justclare here with Coach Brian Kiley. We go to the phone lines and have one of our uh, regulars here on on Play by Play, Coach Gage Griffin yeah. with the Central Lafouche Trojans. His team is 15 and 9, approaching a big matchup tomorrow against Thibodeau Gage. Good morning, buddy. How are we doing? Good morning. I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Good. Hey, first and foremost, I know there's Mardi Gras and some schedule changes and everything. You guys are still playing tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. We still got our game tomorrow. It's going to be senior night for the boys and the girls. Awesome. Look, tell us about that, bro. Uh, senior night is, is going to be a big one for y'all. Y'all got a bunch, a bunch of seniors, a bunch of kids who've been playing for, for several years in the program. I'm sure it's going to be an emotional night for your team, man. Yeah, so it's going to be a very emotional night for everybody. A very big night as well and a, a must-win game for us um, to try to keep our playoff push going. I think the boys are going to be motivated knowing this it's not our last home game. It's like their big last hurrah before the Mardi Gras break, going into the last week. I think they'll be ready to go. But it's going to be an emotional night for everybody all around. I mean, I've been here all four years with them. It's going to be hard to see these guys go at the end of the season. But I think their families are going to come out. Students will be coming out, even though they got parades and stuff going on. Hopefully they've got a nice crowd and can get a good show. Man, I don't know how much of the math that you've done, but I do know that you guys are on the bubble. Um, Brian and I think, yeah, <laughs> Brian and I think you guys have to get two down the stretch to be locked in. With one, you're gonna maybe need a whole lot of help. Is that kind of what you're seeing right now? Where two out of three puts you in, one out of three, and it's it becomes really dicey. Yeah, and look, that's exactly what I've looked at. I went through every scenario in the world, and I hate doing that to myself, but that's just. How it gets at this time of year. You're looking at anything you could do to make sure you're in there. And look, with one win, it's going to be very tough. You need a lot of help. It's similar to like the Saints playoff odds by the end of the season. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, we don't want to look at that. I'll keep telling the guys look, you get two, you should be in there. I'm like, you just got to focus on what you have to focus on one game at a time. Let's go beat Thibodeau on Friday, and then we'll look at the rest of the way after that. And it's hard as a coach to do that because you want to get in so bad. It's hard to just say, oh, we ain't got to worry about we need two. Well, we need to get this one Friday, and I'll keep doing math on Sunday. <laughs> coach, it's been a little bit of a rough patch. You guys have lost four or five. Um, what are some of the things that teams are doing to you guys to try to slow you down, or is it just a situation where you guys just aren't playing your best? It, look, it's a little bit of both. Um, we used we were having other names, other players stepping up. And, well, it's been going back to how it was kind of at the beginning of the season where you don't know who's going to show up on each night. Um, at the same time, teams have been game planning very well for us, um, pressuring us a little more on defense. Our turnovers the last two games is what's killed us, last three games. Um, the terrible game, we had them halfway through, and then – they started pressuring us in that third quarter. We started to fall apart. By the time we collected ourselves, it was too late. Um, East St. John, we had them halftime, four-point game, third quarter. Yet again, they adjusted. We did not 
And, look, part of that's on me as well. I should have had them a little more prepared coming out of halftime. I'm hoping we could have just better each half and try to come out hot in the third quarter. That's been our biggest issue. Brian always says that senior night is a love-hate relationship because, man, you want your seniors to have that special moment, but you got to go win a very big game after that. So how do you make sure that you're – Honoring those kids, paying the proper respect to those kids, but also not losing their focus because you know this, if Thibodeau tomorrow jumps up and bites you guys, you guys are in a world of hurt the rest of the way. How do you make sure that the kids are locked in? And look, that's exactly right. Love-hate relationships is the perfect way to word it there. Look, I hope they'll be able to keep their emotions in check. And they need to understand it's pretty much do or die against Thibodeau. It's pretty much do or die every game that you play the rest of the year. Um, we put ourselves in that position. We can't let nothing get in our way. Um, hopefully they focus on the task at hand. This could be emotional at the beginning of the night. But after that, the good thing for us, it's not our last home game. It's not our end of the season, very last game. we still got another week left after this. So I think that's going to help them. Stay focused, knowing we still got more to go no matter what. It's not like going in, oh, this could be our last game ever. So as long as they stay focused on the ultimate goal, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, Coach, I'm just looking at the power rankings right now. I mean, yo, right, right ahead of uh, of North Shore. There's a possibility they could jump you all. But the next two teams, Fountain Blue and Hammond, that are 29 and 30, they got some tough games down the stretch where uh, Hammond's playing like Ponchatoula, and Sarah Reed, who's got 24 wins each on the year. So there's a chance that they can possibly lose out and uh, maybe not uh, catch y'all. So there's a situation possibly where you win one and you still might uh, have a chance. That's what uh, you're looking at? Um, That is. um, And I've looked at even some of the teams ahead of us. they got some tough matchups. But like I said, if we just take care of business, we don't even have to look at another power ranking. It could be, hey, we won, we're in anyway. And I hope we do that. But just, like I said, as a coach, I know the players look too, like, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. Um, but I've seen there's many things other teams can do that could help us out. But at the end of the day, we just need to take care of it. Like I've seen, I think it's Sam Houston a little bit ahead of us. They got four very tough matchups to end their season. But us, we got... Tough matchups all around. I said anything could happen in district pretty much every time I've been on here. We have Thibodeau, who, yeah, they may have been struggling. They may come play their best game, and we got to be ready for that. And vice versa next week, we may come out with an upset over HL or Hornville. We're just going to take care of what we can, and hopefully we leave it in our control. And look, Casey may have asked this question. If he he did, I apologize, but – is that much talk in the locker room about the PowerPoints? You, you talk to the team a whole bunch about it or just uh, worry about the next game up and just move on? So I usually wouldn't. I've been doing it more recently to try to keep their morale up of, guys, look, it's not over yet. Like I know you see, oh, we got this losing streak going, and they start thinking, oh, my God, we're not going to get in. I'm like, look, you still got this chance. And – Beforehand, I would never talk. Until January, it was, don't worry about power rankings. Everything will take care of himself. But now when you start to see them down on themselves, like, oh, we did all this, and look, we're going to end with a winning record regardless. 
this season, and we could still possibly not make it. So once they're set into their heads, those are guys we're not done yet. If you go and get two of these wins, you're right back up there with the way the rankings work. So I know they may not understand all the math. I mean, I don't myself. <laughs> Part of it, I still don't understand. I don't think no one does. <laughs> Especially at the beginning, that blows my mind. Like we lost the south side who's way up there, and we had got like 17 points from them. Um, but it's just to try to keep them focused and understand that it doesn't always go by wins and losses. There's still a way in, even at the end, after this losing streak. Everybody has been in an uproar, Gage. Cody wins the Rumble, and he's pointing to Roman Reigns, and everybody's saying, oh, yeah, we're going to get the big rematch. But then plans change. CM Punk gets hurt. They shuffle the deck. It looks like it's going to be The Rock versus Roman Reigns, but I don't count out Cody playing some sort of role there. How How's WrestleMania going to go, bro? Everybody's got an opinion. How are you seeing it? What would you like to see happen? First off, I cannot believe the way they booked all this. It blows my mind. It's crazy. Because um, a month ago, everybody wanted The Rock, and we were pumped about it. We wanted it. And then when Cody won the Rumble and points at Roman, it's like, oh, that's got to be the plan. That is it. And for The Rock to show up the next night, it kind of made The Rock look a little selfish, I'll use. Um, I really think that's the route they're going, the Roman versus Rock. But I wouldn't be shocked if the crowd tries to take over that match, similar to when they did Brock and Roman, I think it was 34. So, so um, let, let me ask you this, bro. Like, there, There's a lot of people on the internet who think, that CM Punk was supposed to win the Royal Rumble, and they got like videos and stuff of him talking to the referee, and then the referee immediately goes and talks to Cody. Do you think that CM Punk made that decision on the fly? Like, hey, man, my arm is screwed, so let's just go ahead and change this. Do you think that that's what happened there? And, dude, that's a very big hypothetical, and that's something we may never know for sure. But I did see the talk to the referee when Punk was talking to her, and it's a very real possibility and I do think it was booked to be Punk Rollins, Cody Roman. So maybe that's why they said, hey, Cody, go win, pointed Roman, because that was going to be the plan anyway. So that may have just been an adjustment on the fly. But, man, even if they just made that call like that, that put everybody in a rough situation for them. And yeah. I could see Cody going the route of like a Daniel Bryan type thing. The fans may beg for him so much that they may have to make this a triple threat or like a Cody versus somebody on night one. And if he wins, he goes in the match at night two. There's got to be some type of twist here that we're not looking at. Cause I don't think they're just going to throw the rock in like that. Well, we got about eight or nine weeks to figure it out. Can't wait to see how it shakes out. Coach, we thank you so much for the time and I'll, I'll be in the gym tomorrow, brother. Good luck, man. Cool deal. Can't wait. Thank you. Yep. That is coach Gage Griffin with central Lafouche. Um, it is what it is, bro. They got to win two. At least uh, three can maybe get you in. But like he said, he explained it perfectly. It'd be like the Saints at the end of the season. You don't want to have to rely on half of the state losing, especially when you've got control over your options there at home against Thibodeau. To me, that's a scary game. Senior night, you got eight or nine seniors, whatever. That's a scary game. Home against Hanville. I mean, Hanville beat him by 27 the first time. We're going to have to come up with a different plan there. They play with Bourgeois for a little while and they end up coming up short, but that's a rough stretch and you got to figure out a way to try to get two to guarantee yourself a spot. And it would be a shame, man, if those kids with all those seniors, if they wouldn't be able to get in, especially after the great start that they had. But Stan talks about this all the time. When you got a loaded district, 
somebody's got to be in the middle. Somebody's got to be near the bottom. And Central Lafourche right now has got stuck in the middle. They got three chances to try to make it right. We knew at the beginning of the year, going into this five eight local five eight district, it was going to be a, a battle. There's a chance for a number of teams to get in, and I think for the Trojans, it's a must win tonight. The next two, possibly depending on what the state does, but he's Coach Griffin's right. You win, just do what you're supposed to do. Win, you don't worry about anything. But uh, come on, you you got the stats looking around at you. You're going to look at who what you did the first round against these teams. And they're going to be underdogs in the next two. But tonight uh, or tomorrow night is a must win. If, if they don't have that one, I think they're, they're done. Why don't we just... Now, if, if, excuse me. No, but, go ahead. But if they win the next two, they, they would be in. But I'm just going off of paper from the first round. Why don't we, in, in, especially in Division One, and hell, maybe we could just do it only in Division One because some of the other classifications, the bottom gets really soft. But why don't we just let 32 teams in? Hammond is 30th right now. They're 17 and 12. That's a playoff season. Dutchtown is 32nd. They're 14 and 12. They're really good. North Shore, 12 and 12. They're always good. They're sitting at 28 right now. Why? I, I feel like, okay, you go to Division II non-select, and I'm going to pull it up right now. The teams in the 30s are Pearl River, LaGrange, North DeSoto. These are all teams with big-time losing records. Hell, you got teams in the bracket right now in Division Two non-select with losing records. But I feel like Division One is so deep that we could do 32 and not really worry about it because there are going to be quality teams who are going to be in representing all 32 spots in the bracket. Why don't we do that? Like, we could we could very easily say we're doing it only in Division One and not in any other classification. Why? Because in baseball, we have Division Four that's single elimination while everybody else is a series. So we could do it for just one bracket, and I don't know why we just choose not to. Yeah, okay. Let, let me see if I can explain this so it makes some sense. The LHSAA wants consistency throughout, where they want the same percentage of playoff teams in the bracket. Mm-hmm. And if you go Division, like uh, – <clears throat> Division one, two, three, maybe we got 42, 43 teams. Yeah, it's roughly teams. 40 to 42 teams in all the brackets. So, but then when you go to the select side, that number like 30 to 35. goes down to yeah. 35. Yeah. So they want the same percentage of, I guess, select teams and non-select teams in the playoffs. So that's why the – non-select teams are getting hurt instead of 32 they're going to go to 28 to balance out the lesser teams in the select division one two three brackets whatever yeah i get what they're doing i just don't agree with it in division one you got a bunch of playoff teams that are not going to get in and then in some of your other brackets you got teams who are like four and 20 who are going to get in i don't but the, I don't the like thing that. is we are split anyway Select not so don't worry when you figure out the non-select bracket. Put thirty-two and don't worry about the select schools. Let them do their twenty-eight, twenty-six, or whatever it is. Yeah, I. But that's what I understand. They're trying to get it across the board, where it's uh, percentage-wide the numbers are equal. Dutchtown right now is thirty-second. Okay, they're probably not going to get in. This is a Dutchtown team that this season has played HL Bourgeois close, has beaten East St. John by 11, has 
got a good win against White Castle, two good wins against White Castle. Recently played Santa Mont and lost by just three. Like, they should be in. <laughs> they're a playoff team. Their resume supports that they're a playoff team, and it's very unlikely that they'll actually get in. Um, don't get it. But anyway, that's not my decision to make. That's uh, above my pay grade, as they say. And who knows it? When uh, the numbers supposedly come out in the next few days, which was turned yeah. to weeks okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't hold your breath for those. We'll see. But look, these teams are starting to schedule, preparing already like football for next year. And they have a schedule. Is that schedule set? Or when they come with the – if they're going to district by divisions, they got to change everything? Don't know. It, don't know. Doesn't make sense, man. What they do? If you're gonna, if you want to change it, change it in January. Well, you have the principles. Everyone's is there. They're not interested in in transparency, bro. Like you know that they're not interested in that at all. Um, but anywho, why is there sirens going off? Do you hear that? Yeah, but uh, Miller Studios on fire or something over there. We're hearing some police sirens coming from the FM studio. But anyway, let's catch a break when we get back. Yeah, I'll take it on the chin. I'll, I'll let Coach Kali brag about my Clippers getting beat by the Pelicans, and we'll talk about the NBA trade deadline. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Chain says, Go Tarpons! Join Talk on the Bayou from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Raging Cajun. We cover local news topics, politics, and entertainment each weekday. And it's all brought to you in part by Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Rev, and Thibodeau Regional Health System. Talk on the Bayou Monday through Friday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Right here on the Raging Cajun KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, your business deserves the highest quality internet connection and phone service. Rev Business offers you the best at a great price. Delivered on an all-fiber network and backed by our local support teams who have been going that extra mile for 85 years. Rev Business wants to show you the power of hosted phone service and Metro E, direct connections between your locations. For a limited time, get three months free. Some restrictions may apply. Visit us at letsrev.biz. Rev Business. Hey man, uh got some somewhat breaking news. The preseason Southland Conference Media Day was held for baseball today. And Nichols was picked to be the league champion in the preseason. The Colonels hey, got 
14 of the 18 first place votes. And I mean, obviously you got to take it to the field and you got to make it happen in between the white lines, but Nichols is the preseason Southland conference prediction to be the champions. That's a pretty great sign that the Colonels are, uh, Still pretty loaded after making it to the NCAA tournament last year. And speaking of baseball, the Tarpons. Yeah, nine-inning scrimmage Take today. Take the field today. Uh, what did they play? Bourgeois, I believe. Uh, nine-inning scrimmage. Going out, watch them this afternoon. If you're not going to any of the basketball stuff, get a great peek at Coach Guitros and his team leading into opening night against North Lake Christian, which is going to be here right around the corner. So that ought to be a lot of fun. Um Last night in the NBA, the Pelicans got a really good win, man. They went on the road and they took care of business, beating the Clippers 117 to 106. Um, Zion Williamson struggled early, but was very good down the stretch. He was attacking, he was making things happen. Um, he was the leading assist getter, 21 points, 10 assists. Still got to work on the rebounding, and I'm glad that um, that Richard Jefferson called him out on that several times. He only had three rebounds. That that's got to be better. Uh, McCollum made some big three-pointers. He had 25. Brandon Ingram kind of had a slow night. He had 15. Um, but the Pelicans get a win against Los Angeles. And look, I'm a Clipper fan now because of James Harden. It was, And this is coming from a person who was rooting the other way. It was absurdly ridiculous and annoying hearing all game long. Oh, man, the Clippers are so exhausted. They Thank got, you. They got in at 2 a.m., and they're just off of a long road trip. And, yes, that's all true. It was a long road trip. They went to seven states in 11 days, I think the stat is, and they got in at 2 a.m., and all. I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, the Pelicans just outplayed them, man. Like, they were better than the Clippers were the last uh, for the last final stretch of the game. They pulled away, and they made it happen. It's a good win, man. All this other nonsense, that, that, that's exactly what it is. It's nonsense. New Orleans went on the road and did what they needed to do. Look, Zion probably got in at 3 a.m. from the buffet. So, <laughs> I mean, it equaled out. But, yeah, look, those announcers at the beginning, I had to just take it off. Uh, it had to be James Harden's dad that was calling the game. My goodness, it's like just on and on and on. Okay, enough. Oh, they're so tired. They're so worn out. Uh, Paul George was 3 of 15 last night. It was not very good. My guy Harden actually did play well. 19 points, 5 of 6 from 3, 5 assists, 8 rebounds. Um, Kawhi Leonard was a little slow last night, 15 points. From the New Orleans side, um, it worked last night. So what I'm going to say is going to sound like... Well, I'm, I'm, you, I'm, you might beat me to the punch on it. Uh, yeah, it worked last night, so I'm probably going to just sound like a hater when I say this. I don't like the the point Zion stuff that they do. Um, it worked again last night. It worked. So please understand that there's a very good chance that I could maybe eat crow here. But every possession that his big ass is bringing the ball up the floor, um, going today at the trade deadline trade and get you a point guard because you're asking him to use a lot of energy. You're asking him to not be inside a lot. And there were a lot of those possessions. Well, now, granted, they were making the shots, so it didn't matter last night. But there were a lot of possessions where they were up against the shot clock and were kind of out of rhythm and just were having to heave one up because, man, he's not a point guard. Bro, he had 10 assists last night, played well. I don't like that point Zion stuff that they do. I think that there's going to be a ceiling to that, and teams are going to figure that out pretty quick. And, look, Pelicans fans, and I'm one of them, take the win, be glad about it, but – uh. In a seven-game series, yeah, that's the only one you would win. You against know, 
I, I, in my know, opinion. And they might win a couple. I, I, I don't know. I think if they can build on some of this stuff here maybe later in the season. But uh, be excited for, for last night. You beat a very good team on the road. And um, take it for what it's worth right now. Let's uh, wait and see what happens after the trade deadline, see the different moves that are being made, and uh, it go from there. Trade deadline is active. The Oklahoma City Thunder have gotten Gordon Hayward in a trade. Um, Dennis Schroeder has been de- dealt to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie. The Knicks got Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, and, and Burks. The Philadelphia 76ers got Buddy Heald. The Jazz got Kelly Olenek from the Raptors. Nothing yet for the Pelicans. Um, I don't think that New Orleans is going to make a huge move. They were rumored to be in the market for DeAndre Murray, uh, which would have been a huge move, but it doesn't look like that's going to uh, materialize. I think they're going to go and they're going to get um, a wing, um, maybe a 3 and D guy, a veteran. I don't think they're going to make drastic changes, nor should they. I think that you know if, if what they have is what they're comfortable with, go ahead, but I don't think they're going to move any of their core pieces to try to add another piece. I just don't see that happening today from New Orleans. Yeah, and don't don't they have a guy that is signed that's playing uh, overseas? Yes. I think it may be coming back. Yes. That's he, a, I think a shooter. Yeah, I think he's going to be joining the mix there. Yeah, uh, don't know if they'll be able to get him acclimated this season, but yeah, he is supposedly coming across the pond and will try to help out. Yeah, and if the Pels do make a trade, I agree. I don't think it's going to be any splash, if uh, if at all. The Lakers are uh, one of the teams that's trying to be active and trying to get some pieces. Uh, the Bucks are trying to be active. So everybody's trying to polish themselves up and get ready for that stretch run. Don't know exactly how um, active New Orleans is going to be. The Pelicans are going to be on the West Coast for a while. After last night's win, they play uh, They play the Lakers, what is that, uh, tomorrow. And then they have a back-to-back taking on Portland after that, then at Memphis before returning home for a homestand. So it's a big stretch, man. They got some winnable games coming up, trying to build some uh, a little bit of juice here as you're sitting at 30 and 21. Man, I think that, La- that Laker game is going to be on TV local. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's one of the old uh, Fox 8 games. Yep. Have not won one of those games yet. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you know how to bet uh, if you're looking at that one in Las Vegas. I think LeBron and AD are going to be available, which would make it uh, more difficult. But, heck, man, you beat the Lakers by... 44 earlier this season at one time. No, I'm sorry. The Lakers have beat the Pelicans by 44. The Pelicans came back and beat them by 20 the last time. So we'll see how it goes. Chance to build some momentum, but it was a great win for them last night. There's no other way to say it. Let's catch a break. When we get back, Mr. Stan Gravois will be joining us. It's our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. We'll be right back after this. It's play-by-play. Home Health Services in South LaFouche are vital right now. Look no further than Lady of the Sea Home Health for the sick, the elderly, and the homebound. Our caring staff makes each day a little brighter, a little better. With quality health care and warm, genuine support, you and your loved ones are the most comfortable, content, and independent in your own home. Speak to your physician today about Home Health Services from Lady of the Sea. Call 985-632-6900 for more information. Quality health care locally for you. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. 
We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Hey. Hey. You all right? I don't know. Lately, I've been feeling kind of off. Might be because you've been vaping so much. What do you mean? You know how when dirt gets in the engine oil, it throws everything off? Yeah. The nicotine in vapes is like that. It's not meant to be in your body. It throws off your natural brain chemicals, which could make you feel jumpy, anxious, or even sad. So like that engine with the bad oil, your brain ain't running right. It ain't right. Keep your body running tobacco-free. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. Welcome back to Play by Play. We thank Coach Gage Griffin for his time earlier in the show, and we thank everybody at home for listening on this beautiful Thursday. The weather is actually pretty comfortable outside, um, despite there not being a whole lot of sun in the sky. Uh, we go to the phone lines now. We have Mr. Stan Gravois for our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. Stan, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today? Doing well. Hope you guys are doing well also. Yeah, we are, man. Absolutely. Um, Brian and I have spent a lot of the first portion of the show talking about how we got some huge basketball games with big playoff implications tonight. You got HL Bourgeois and Hanville on the reservation. You got Terrebonne and East St. John out in the jungle. And then we got some big girls basketball matchups over the next couple of days. Tomorrow, you got Central Lafouche and Thibodeau in a must-win game for the Central Lafouche boys. It feels like for a lot of these teams, the playoffs have already started, my friend, and we've got some big games coming up in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, and probably really smart of a lot of those teams to get those games in tonight and not have to worry about all of the festivities going on around the area with Mardi Gras. Because those kids, again, you know, they're 16, 17, 18, some 19, depending on what high school you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) It's a situation where you have to have them focused on what they have to do to get the job done. And obviously the HL Bourgeois one's huge because as much as district championships don't mean what they used to, they still mean something. And I know that Coach Cayouette and his group would really like to win it all outright. And obviously that goes a long way tonight getting that done i'd imagine you know central lafouche i I don't does central lafouche play tonight or tomorrow tomorrow they're one of the last uh the last stragglers that'll play tomorrow they're they're hosting thibodeau tomorrow yeah theirs is huge for sure i mean obviously they'll be a favorite in that game but they they sort of have to get it done i did see and 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 i would love to hear you guys opinion on this i you know obviously i I sort of bookmark go preps and i'll go every once in a while and look and when i look at basketball and i start sort of trying to figure out the system of how you get the powerpoint rankings i give up because that's what i generally do i just give up but i do sort of understand you know things work in certain ways like for example you know, Vanderbilt's not playing Destrehan tonight simply because Vanderbilt's sitting there going, we'll beat them by 50, maybe. 
but it doesn't matter because we're going to lose PowerPoint ranking. So schools have to sort of do that. I get it. But basketball has to be that one sport where you have to be a, a mixologist. I don't know what the word is. You have to be that person because I've noticed there are some teams that are going to finish the year with like 20 games, and there's going to be some teams that are going to finish the year with like 33 games. And I start trying to compare it to other sports and especially football where, you know, usually it's a solid 10 unless you get a hurricane or maybe you couldn't fill one open spot. I would imagine if I was a head basketball coach, especially in a day and age, because I know this is happening in Terrebonne Parish, they're going to pay coaches more money to get in the playoffs, right? So if I'm a coach, I want to get more money. So instead of maybe me playing 30 games, or whatever the case may be, I may look at it and say, I'm going to play these 18 games, and I am going to win this, 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 and this, and I'm going to lose this, this, and this. You know, in, a, in all probability, you know what you got on your team. So there's a lot of, like, stuff that goes on ahead of time. And I, I noticed, and, and I think you guys probably have talked about it before, Burlington's girls' basketball team is a prime example of that, the way they set up the schedule. If you just look at the record, you think, wow, but then you sort of get into it and understand, but they'll probably get in the playoffs. So I would wonder if sometimes, you know, you got, and listen, y'all may know the minimum. Is there a minimum for basketball? Maybe Brian knows that of games you have to play to qualify for the bracket. I think it's 15, isn't it? I think there is. I'm trying to look it up. Yeah, I, th- I think you have to play at least 15. Um, but, yeah, there there's some teams that are uh, yeah. playing the system, so to speak, playing the numbers game. Yeah, so you get in a situation where, heck, play 15 games, you know, and schedule because obviously uh, most districts are not even playing two rounds anymore. So if you have to play one round in your district, there's, you know, six or seven games right there, and the rest of it, just be real smart of how you do it. And that's that's the only thing I, I don't like. Now, listen, it's a loser's mentality, in my opinion, because you're getting in the playoffs and you're just trying to take the money and run or whatever the case may be. But I do think those teams in our area that probably have vested more in their schedules and, and such, like Andrew, I think no matter what happens tonight, I don't think anybody is going to uh, sort of sneak up on Andrew, and I don't think he'll sneak up on anybody either because he's played a good enough schedule. And I will say this, boy, Vanderbilt, man, Vanderbilt's boys, they could have the greatest season in the world. But I saw about six teams in that bracket that, that are just, like, really good. So, again, it all depends on what your opponents are. Yeah, and Stan, trying to figure out that power ranking, if you win, you get 25 points. Then you add your opponent's wins divided by opponent's games played times 34. It's too much math, man. So the, you time is about 34. So that's the, the, the thing where coaches got to figure out. Does it play uh, pay you to play more games or less games in that formula? That I, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I didn't realize that, that it was – if y'all would know what I made on the ACT in math, y'all, y'all wouldn't even be throwing that kind of stuff at me. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just reading it, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that, that, that is interesting to know that it goes sort of that deep. I just thought, listen, there's a situation. Let's just take the Vanderbilt-Destrahan situation tonight that they were supposed to play, but they decided to call it off. It, you know, Vanderbilt already has 
however many wins they have, right? Destrahan would gain a whole lot, but obviously Destrahan's not going to play us. I think they won one game this year. But but if you Destrahan, I like that you told me that you get 25 points for it because, you know, there was a time where, you know, when you got a win in football, it was 10 points. Well, if you get 10 points for it, that's great. And then say you get all of Destrahan's wins, which are nothing, that's not much. You just as soon have played a team that has won 20 games and lose the game, right? So that's where it gets a little sticky as to how you're going to advance. That's why I think, you know, I really thought Ellen's basketball team sort of had a chance. We have to look at that at, at Terrebonne General because we have to start assigning, you know, our athletic trainers to go maybe to Monroe or maybe to Shreveport and all of this stuff. So we started looking at Ellender, and then we realized if Ellender's finishing off with the South Terrebonne, uh, they're going to have a really tough one even to beat South Lafouche. You know, those type things are not going to help them whether they win the games or not. You know, so, uh, you know, it's a weird situation. Stan, uh, Joe Tuton is doing some really cool stuff, man, (laughs) on Sunday, February 18th over at Southland Field, Big Joe Two-Tone Park. We're having a college baseball game. John Melvin University will be taking on Coastal Alabama. John Melvin has a slew of local kids from the area. Coastal Alabama, I think, has a couple, but then they got others who are committed there. Uh, Sunday, February 18th, 2 o'clock, doubleheader. The teams will play twice. That's really cool, man. It'll be an opportunity to see some of our local boys that we haven't seen in a while play at the next level. Uh, I don't know who's all idea it was, but good on Joe and the crew for making it happen. That's going to be a lot of fun, man. Well, that's, that's, that's Joe's idea, obviously. And listen, JT plays for John Melvin, so there was a little added emphasis there to get that done. And then you got Jonah Collins, and then you got Caleb Ogle, and then you got a young man from Assumption that plays for John Melvin. Uh, a lot of people, like as we're talking right now, are going, John what? John, well... It's a relatively new school. I understand it's the in-laws of David Ogeron, who was a coach in our area, who started this school out in Crowley. And they play at Miller Park, which is a historic park over there in the Evangeline League in Crowley. And the school is not sanctioned, but they're playing a schedule right now, and they're playing some really good JUCOs. I mean, they played Southwest Mississippi last week, who is traditionally pretty good, and they beat them. So John Melvin has some players who can play. Coastal Alabama has sent kids to Nichols that have gone on to play quite well at Nichols, so that's an established program. So, yeah, kudos to Joe. He's been trying to get Delgado to come in town for a while. That's his alum, and he would love to have uh, Coach Shulman and that group come in, but they never were able to work it out. I can remember about six years ago, maybe more than that, probably more like 10 years ago, Nichols came into town and played at Southland Field, and we could never get him to come back. There was too many things with the NCAA. Well, with Juco ball, it doesn't work the same. It's a little different. Now, there are some people who are thinking, well, wait a minute. Is John Melvin a four-year school? Yes, it is. Is Coastal Carolina a community college? Yes, it is. It's only a two-year school. But remember, John Melvin is not sanctioned the same way, so they're sort of still play in some JUCO schools, yet you will see them turn around and play Louisiana Christian, which is a four-year school. So it's that part's a little bit, you know, where the lines merge. But on the other hand, it's good baseball. I mean, these kids could really play, and it'd be awesome to support the kids. By the way, cost is only $5 to get in for a doubleheader. 
that's that's one thing that I think is pretty awesome because I don't think you could pay that to go see a baseball game on the high school level. No. Then you have a situation where if you play high school baseball and you wear your jersey or some remnants of your practice gear, they will let you in free. So they're just trying to get, you know, they're trying to get kids excited and motivated in the area. We have a head coaching vacancy that's been filled in the surrounding area and has been filled by someone who's currently in the Bayou region. Morgan City has hired H.L. Bourgeois assistant coach, Coach Mark Danos, to be their next coach. Um, I know Mark Danos just here and there, you know, seeing him around. He's got a Herculean task to try to turn Morgan City around. Uh, we wish him the best of luck. But uh, have you met Mr. Dan Austin? I mean, I've met him a couple of times. He's a really nice man, but he's got a, a big challenge coming up going over to Morgan City. Super good guy. Really nice guy. He's uh, headed up the powerlifting program at HL Bourgeois for a while. That's his forte. He loves being in the weight room. Uh, they're not going to lack conditioning at Morgan City High School when it's all said and done. The one thing about Mark, now Mark is a Central Lafouche guy. Played at Central Lafouche, uh, actually coached at Central Lafouche for just a little while, but then became an HL guy quite some time ago and has been through, oh gosh, he's been through at least five coaches, uh, head football coaches, obviously Sterling now. And he was with Kerry Melvin and he was with Coach Forsyth uh, before that. Heck, he goes all the way back maybe to even when Joe was there, Joe Raleigh was there. So, he, you know, we all sort of looked at him as, like, entrenched at HL Bourgeois. I can say he's gone through some trials and tribulations at HL Bourgeois where you thought he would sort of move up the ladder in certain roles and was, was a little overlooked is what we understand. But I will say this. You mentioned it's an uphill task at, at Morgan City, and it is. Uh, I told you guys I had the opportunity uh, to, meet, uh, to meet Coach Case uh, when they were playing CCA. And he had, you know, pretty much said that things are going really well at Central Catholic. And it's basically because a lot of kids go there. They just don't want to go to Morgan City High School. So there's, there's obviously that problem. But the other thing is, is what does Mark have to lose? You know? Yeah. I mean, what do you have to lose? Go give it your best shot. You want it to be a head coach. This is an opportunity to be a head coach. Uh, I sat at the basketball game at Nichols uh, just the other day. I think it was Saturday with Shane uh, Trosclair and Mike Barba. And Shane had mentioned that they played Morgan City's baseball team the day before. And he said, watch out. They can play. That Morgan City's baseball team is the first sort of semblance of some guys coming together at Morgan City. So kudos to Mark. I hope it works out for him. For sure, man. Look, uh, let, let's talk about the uh, the Super Bowl right quick. We've got the Chiefs. We've got the 49ers. Brian and I have been talking about it throughout the course of the week. I don't have a clue who's going to win, man. I mean, you, you, the Chiefs got the better quarterback. I think the 49ers probably have the better roster. I think the Chiefs have a legendary head coach with way more experience than Shanahan, but I think Shanahan's really good as well. Um it's going to be little things, man. Uh, I, I don't know who how this one's going to go, but I do think it's going to come down to the wire and be a very entertaining matchup on Sunday. I agree with you. I, I, I don't know. I don't even, you know, I know on Saturdays we talk about who we think is going to win games and even, you know, picking going into this Saturday because obviously the game Sunday, I, I got no idea. I, I think it'll be fun to watch. I think 
We probably have the two best teams. I'm kind of disappointed that it's two blue bloods, and I wish it would be somebody else so that we'd have somebody to sort of pull for. But it is. I think maybe I'm more excited about the prop bets. I mean, like, I mean, who doesn't want to like get in on how many times Taylor Swift's going to be shown? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I saw one. This is the wild one. There is a bet out there, a prop bet, and it's just pretty much a you lay your money down for a yes or a no. Will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift after the game? Yes. So that's that. Oh, you think yes? Oh, oh, wow. oh if they win, yes. Oh yeah. Listen, what will be the first song Usher will sing? What's going to be the first word that comes out of Usher's mouth? Will Lil John make an appearance during the halftime show with Usher? I mean, these are all things you can make a bet on. So why in the world would we be talking about the Chiefs and the 49ers when we could be talking about all of that? Absolutely. I'm glad that you got your head on straight because I'm the same way as you, my friend. Look, I've been seeing you at the Nichols games. We've been talking them up here all week. They're so doggone athletic, Stan. They got guys playing above the rim, dunking in traffic, blocking shots, with their hand, you know, scraping the top of the backboard. We had Coach Sadler on earlier in the week, and he said, hey, man, like, we just got a bunch of good players. And, and I really think it's a shame that McNeese is what they are and, and, and they're so strong because on any other given year, the Colonels, I think, would be a heavy favorite because they got on any given night, you know, four, five, six guys who could give you 10 to 15 points. They're so balanced. And their team, and I say this often, you go watch them once, you're going to want to know when the next home game is because they leave you wanting more. I, I agree with that, and I wouldn't sell them short on the McNeese deal quite yet. I understand McNeese is very good. I've not had the opportunity to see them, but Nichols is just fine. They're going to be okay. Uh, it, it's funny, you watch them, and I realize the two big guys, uh, number zero and number one, I'm sorry, I can't remember their names right off the top of my head, those guys, you know, they look like your stereotypical post players. But besides those two guys, Nichols is sort of a positionless team. I mean, the guys can just, you know, whether it's Smith or whether it's West or whether it's White, you know, it just they all sort of look like a forward, yet the next time they come down the court, they're the point guard. Then the next time they come down the court, they're underneath the basket getting rebounds, so they're they're really a positionless team to me. It is fun, and they give everything they have, and obviously that's a reflection of their head coach. Uh, again, I mentioned we had the game, and it was, again, Mike Barber and, and uh, Shane and Ashley was there. Ashley Barber. I'm getting, it's still hard for me to call, me, I call her <laughs> Ashley Barber. Right. But we were talking, and she kind of leaned over and said, well, how old is the head coach? And when we told her, they all sort of looked at each other and went, wow, we're all much older than what that guy is who is the head coach of Nichols. So that's kind of wild, too. But, yeah, a lot of fun. And I wouldn't tell them short. My only disappointment is, is they play McNeese. I think it's on the 17th. And, unfortunately, I'm going to be out of town. So I've made most every home game, but I won't make that McNeese game. And that's the one I think it's going to be really, really electric for yeah, I agree. That's going to be a whole lot of fun, man. Um, look, before we let you go, uh, give us a pick, man. The Super Bowl is coming up Sunday. Uh, I know we just said that we are uncertain, but I'm going to put your, your your feet over the coals a little bit. Who's going to bring home the big trophy on Sunday? Uh, Taylor Swift. They're going to show her over 10 times. 
So I'm going to go with the over on Swift 10 times. I'm going to go no to Travis Kelsey proposing after the game. And to be serious, how can you not bet against the Chiefs? I, I guess the Chiefs. But, man, that, that line coming out of Vegas makes me wonder because they always know a lot more than me. So, but, but I'll say the Chiefs. Actually, I'll say the Chiefs by two because I think it's two right now for the 49ers. So I'll, I'll say as, we, as we're sitting here today on Thursday, the Chiefs by two, maybe three, and then on Saturday I'll probably change that again. <laughs> Is Andy Reid going to retire if the, if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? No, I, I like his answer yesterday. I thought that was awesome when they said something, and he says no. He said, I love that he said that his mother and father told him, you're going to know when. And I think Brian and I probably have both gone through this before, that you have to sit down and you have to sort of gauge what's when, you know, not, not W-I-N, W-H-E-N. And uh, you, you kind of know. I mean, you have, you don't get me wrong, you look back a little bit, but you have to move forward. And he said the timing, it ain't win for him right now. So uh, I, I think he's going to be around. The Saints have found their coordinator. It's going to be Kubiak from the San Francisco 49ers, and they have really shuffled the deck of their whole offensive staff now. Ronald Curry was offered a wide receiver coach position, turned it down. He's going to be moving on. So the Saints are kind of starting fresh on the offensive side. What are your thoughts with Kubiak, man? He was, an, he was an offensive coordinator a couple times, didn't have tremendous amounts of success, but we'll see what he could do with New Orleans and the playmakers that they have. I like it. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he seems like to, he's a young mind. Obviously, he's not going to have the weapons he had in, in San Francisco, but he's a young mind who's uh, what also I really like is that he's given the opportunity to bring his kind of staff He's bringing his offensive line coach in that he's worked with to get things done. So I like it. I, there's nothing I can find necessarily big-time negative uh, except that, you know, it's still, it's still going to be Dennis Allen as the head coach. And, and, and we didn't look at the defense at all because I think we've just sort of gotten conditioned that the Saints defense is okay. But I, I'm not sure that the Saints defense is okay either. But – yeah, for, for the offensive side of the ball, I like, I like what the Saints have done. Uh, but I am saying this, this is probably the exact answer if I was ever asked what I thought of Derek Carr coming in. It probably would have sounded just like that. So we reserve our opinion until maybe after we see the first four or five games the next year. There we go. Stan, thanks so much for the time, and we'll, we'll get you on Saturday, okay, man? All right, talk to you guys later. Yep, that is Mr. Stan Gravel doing an excellent job, as always. That was our Terrebonne General Thursday interview. Stan said he's most interested in the props. I got a bunch of them here. We can maybe comb over some of these today and tomorrow. Uh, but first, let's catch a commercial break. When we get back, we'll talk about some things happening in the world of sports and beyond. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this on KLEB. It's Ram Truck Month at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams, long-lasting new pickups, or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the Ram will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. 
State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That's State Bank and Trust Company, still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1920. Six Airline Drive in Metairie. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Start your day off with a fresh brewed cup of Mellow Joy, the original Cajun coffee company since 1936. It brings members to Louisiana's rich culture, available in dark, medium roast, decaf, and full line of flavored specialty coffees. Mellow Joy is available in selected grocery stores in your area. To begin receiving Mellow Joy at your office, call 1-86-Mellow Joy. C'est le café du Mellow Joy, c'est de plus if you suffer from neck or back pain, get relief from the experts at Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. We'll start with an evaluation and develop a treatment plan just for you. We offer non-surgical treatment options and if needed, minimally invasive surgery, which can mean a quicker recovery. Get relief from neck and back pain and get back to work and play with Thibodeau Regional Spine Center. Call 985-493-4501, 493-4501. Golden Motors has your next car, truck, or SUV waiting for you with big savings. Savings like 3.9% APR for 60 months on select models. Or take $10,000 off MSRP on a 2023 Chevy Silverado RST Z71. Yep, $10,000 off. Come in today to take advantage of big savings at Golden Motors. Price is priority. Chevy, together, let's drive. Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. Casey, just go with Coach Brian Kiley. We thank Stan Gravoff for the time. We thank Gage Griffin for the time. And hope everybody is enjoying their Thursday as much as we are. It has been a very nice day here. Um, you were mentioning um, before we got on the air that Mike Vrabel is flirting with some college opportunities. Um Wisconsin coach Luke Fickle has said that he is hoping to have Mike Vrabel who is his best friend and former teammate, quote, around as much as possible with Wisconsin in an informal role in the upcoming season. So Vrabel keeping his name out there. Looks like he might be lending a hand this coming season with Wisconsin. I know this, whichever team gets him, NFL, college, high school, whatever, they're going to be getting a guy who's a really good coach. Um, so it looks like Wisconsin's going to try to bring him in and then have him just – 
lend a watchful eye and try to help out, see what's working, what's not working, and all that good stuff out there at Wisconsin. Great great get for them if, if they could uh, lock him up to some sort of role there. Oh, I agree. I think it's a super get. That's a, that's a big-time hire if they can do that. You've seen uh, Curry is leaving the Saints. He's going to the Bills. The Bills. So he's going to work with Joe Brady uh, in Buffalo. I saw that New Orleans had offered him – to be the wide receivers coach, and he was like, "Nah, I'm a, I'm good. I'm gonna go ahead and get get out of here." Um, he was not. Well, yeah, Ronald Curry, I think, was a quarterback and the wide receiver. I was wondering well, why they would have offered a wide receiver, but you know, I believe he played both in college. I think he was one of those super uh, good athletes that actually did a little bit of both. Gino Ariema yesterday in women's college basketball won his 1200th career game in a UConn victory over Seton Hall 67 to 34 three division one coaches in college basketball history have gotten to that plateau Gino has now 1200 on the dot Mike Krzyzewski has 1202 and Tara Van Devere has 1206 for Stanford women 1200 wins that is a ridiculous amount of wins and UConn has taken a little bit of a step back in recent years. They're no longer the big elite power that dominates everybody. But still, man, how? Like, let's break that down in years. There's 365 days in a year, so 700 and something would be two years. At like, he's got like three and a half years worth of victories at the collegiate level. That's that's an Remarkable. unbelievable, unbelievable accomplishment for Gino Ariema, who is certainly one of the best coaches that there's that there's ever been. Um, NBA trade deadline today, as we said earlier in the show, don't expect the Pelicans to make a huge move either way. LSU yesterday uh, on the recruiting trail got one five-star player to sign but did not get the other that they were hoping to sign. They got Dominic McKinley, who's the big defensive tackle from Acadiana, the five-star number one player in the state of Louisiana. He was once a Texas A&M commitment. Then when the Jimbo Fisher stuff started happening or whatever, he flipped and he went to LSU. But he didn't sign in the December period. So people were nervous, like, oh, my goodness, is he actually going to come? Is he not? He did sign with LSU yesterday. LSU missed out on five-star Texas A&M commitment and athlete Terry Bussey, who they were trying to get uh, to decommit from Texas A&M and sign with LSU. And after a full court press, he decides yesterday to keep his commitment to Texas A&M. So LSU was hoping to get two big fish. They got one big fish. The big fish that they got is at more of a position of need on the defensive line. Um, Good effort on signing day from the Tigers, and they've done a good job with this class. They locked up Louisiana, got nine of the top ten players. And uh, Brian Kelly said, all right, now we feel like we're a little thin on the defensive front. We're going to go in the portal, get a few more of those. And he said, hey, let's rock and roll. He seems to be pretty excited with what he has coming back. If they could build some depth up front, um, he's excited. So big year three coming up for Brian Kelly and Baton Rouge. Big, big year three. Yeah, you know who else is having a, a, a pretty good signing class and it's not being talked about a whole bunch is Tulane. Really? Uh, I, I don't have names, but I just read the, um, the highlight of an article where he came in late. Is it Summerall? And yeah. uh, he, he's got some guys that came in. He's Preston. Yep, at a receiver and yeah, they they've hit the portal hard. They they got a um a former five star quarterback in the portal as well. I believe he started at USC. 
Their uh, their recruiting class in terms of the high school ranks is pretty good. They got a four-star defensive back, a four-star offensive tackle. But where they have done a lot of work is is in the transfer portal, like Brian was saying. You get Shaz Pre- uh, Preston from Alabama, Mario Williams, who was a former four-star wide receiver at USC. And where's that quarterback? Oh, here we go. Ty Thompson. I said it wrong. I said they got a guy from USC. A former Oregon quarterback who transferred to Tulane. So yeah, they're um they're trying to renew their their little wave of strength here. They got a couple of transfers from Troy, not a big surprise with the coach coming in. So yeah, they're hitting the the trail hard. They lost some key pieces, but they are having a really good class and and good on them for doing it. That that's that's awesome to see. It's it's a big season for the Green Wave coming up. If they can continue with Fritz leaving, if they can just keep moving ahead, it's going to be big. Let's pull up the schedule. Let's see who Tulane's got this coming. I season. think they got a couple of tough ones in there. Tulane's 2024 schedule. You open with Southeastern. Yeah, you'll win that. Then it gets tough. Kansas State is coming to Yulman. That's going to be a challenge. Kansas State is always in the top 25. Then you're traveling to play Oklahoma, which is going to be tough. You're traveling to play the Raging Cajuns, which is going to be tough. And then you're getting into your conference, which you know all of those games are, are what they are. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Tulane's got some challenging games there, but man, who knows? They're they're almost beat Ole Miss last year at home. So why not go ahead and, and upset you, Kansas State, and go play tough against Oklahoma? It'll be fun to see. Coach Summerall said in his in his press conference, he said, "Hey, we're uh, we're going to win a national championship here." That's very lofty talk, but I like to hear him saying it. So uh, we'll see how they shake well, out. Well, I mean, you taking the next step. You, you got to take the next step and play the big guys and. Don't shy away from them and play, and play them. But that, that's the next in progression of your program is to take this next big step, and that's what they're going to try and do. Nick Saban has announced yesterday that he is joining ESPN and College Game Day as an analyst. So Nick will now be going into the media. Uh, at 72, he is going to join College Game Day, but he will also lend his expertise on ESPN's family of networks to a variety of football events around the year, including the NFL Draft and SEC Media Days. Um, Saban said, and I quote, ESPN and College Game Day have played such an important role in the growth of college football, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to join their team. I'll do my very best to offer additional insights and perspectives to contribute to College Game Day, the ultimate Saturday tradition for college football fans. He is going to join... New teammates, Reese Davis, Lee Corso, Kirk Herbstreet, Desmond Howard, and Pat McAfee. So not a huge surprise that Nick's doing TV. I'll so, tell you this. I think he's going to do an amazing job on TV because whenever he wants to be, he's actually very witty and very funny. Could get for ESPN. This did the game day crew lose anyone? or I think they just um, added him just on. Just added him. Um, trying to think of a way to say this it doesn't sound mean Lee Corso really doesn't do much anymore <laughs> I mean he's no. just kind of sitting there um so maybe add a, a different voice there on that end of the table um did they give a payment no no disclosure no I'm sure it's a lot <laughs> I'm sure it's uh yeah not it's gonna, it's gonna be a little bit more than the, than the price to get you a happy deal <laughs> for sure um what do you think about Pat McAfee bro because he is a guy that is kind of a controversial figure. People either like him a lot or don't like him at all. And when he moved to WWE about two, three, four years ago or whatever and started doing commentary and even wrestling a little bit, 
I always thought like, hey, I mean, he's really athletic. He's really charismatic, and you know, he's he's kind of fun. And now he's back in WWE doing commentary for Monday Night Raw, which I think is a great thing. But I think he kind of sucks on College Game Day. I I was not a fan this season. Um, just doesn't seem to fit all that well. And, and I think the chemistry is a big thing. And part of the reason why I think the NBA on TNT is the go-to for the NBA is because. Kenny and Chuck and Shaq and Ernie all meshed together. I don't know that McAfee meshed with Reese Davis, Corso, Herbstreit, Desmond Howard, and now Nick Saban. Can you see him meshing with Saban? No. 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 So He's a loudmouth on that show on college game. That's what they have him for, for the college crowd to get them all riled up. And But uh, when his show came out, the Pat McAfee show, I kind of didn't like it. But lately I'm catching myself watching more and more of it. No, I like the Pat uh, of McAfee the show. show. And yesterday, is it uh, did he have? Is it Dana White that was on there? Uh, Dana White goes the off the UFC, and uh, man, they were talking about gambling in Vegas, and that Dana White's not allowed in a bunch of places to gamble because he got he knows too much. It and they say, "What you count cards?" And he says, "No, I just I just play from the gut and whatever." But he goes, "I I, I play aggressive," so. He would like a $100,000 hand with a $3 limit, whatever it is he was saying. And if he wins like one or two hands, he's leaving. Yeah. And the casinos don't like it. They want him to stay and pay that money back. Yeah, lose his ass. Yeah. So he he says for that reason, he's not allowed in most of these uh, casinos. I also saw on Pat McAfee yesterday, and this to me is amazing. Like, I don't know. I don't know how it's possible to be this disconnected. But Cowboys running back Tony Pollard was on the show yesterday, and they asked him the question, like, oh, man, like, y'all defense is so good, and you got so many talented players, and you know, to Marcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs, and on and on, like, they're talking up the Cowboys defense. And then it became, well, how do you guys keep building that chemistry now that Dan Quinn is gone? And Tony Pollard was like, he said that he has been on a one-week social media cleanse where he hasn't been on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything. He didn't even know. Seven, oh, come on. He didn't even know seven days after the, the decision was made. He said he didn't even know. He was like, guys, I'm finding this out for the first time with y'all. Um, in oh. fact, let, let's see. Well, I don't want to play the clip as they sometimes cuss there. I want to make sure there's no curse words. But, yeah, they got the headline here. Tony Pollard finds out Dan Quinn is no longer with the Cowboys from his appearance on the Pat McAfee show. I can't imagine, dude. Like, I mean, I get it. These guys are multi-million dollar athletes, and and they got so much pressure on them, and they probably do want to disconnect at times. But can you imagine being that far out of the loop where, like, one of your key coaches is gone and you just don't know about it from anybody? Like, that's a different level. We talked about Aaron Rodgers' darkness retreat last year. Yeah. This is a different <laughs> level of being unplugged, man. That, that's unbelievable. Wow. Like, if 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 a coach in our, in our area resigns and everybody's talking about it and I just wouldn't know for seven days, I would feel so foolish, but... Apparently it happens, and these guys live a different world, man. Now, if you told me that happened to Joe Biden, okay, I'd believe it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would also believe he wouldn't know how to walk off the stage. But that's and what that's you think? Not He's not even going to do a halftime interview, or no? I, we don't we don't talk about that kind of thing here. But dude, can you imagine in September or October 
when it's going to be come time to like debate how embarrassing that's going to be for our nation. Like, yes. Both sides. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it ain't gonna be pretty. You ever seen that show, Brewster's Millions? Uh, well, None of the above. <laughs> None of the above. Well, Nikki Haley. <laughs> <laughs> the LSU women's basketball team is back in action tonight. They're gonna be at Vanderbilt playing a 17 and six Vanderbilt team. Uh, Angel Reese gifted all of the men's basketball players with, I think, some headphones or something the other day. Um, LSU, interesting news, and this is this is something that struck me because it's a young lady that. Hell, I had a basketball camp with and I've become friends with. Alexis Morris announced today that she is halting her overseas playing career to become a member of the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. So Alexis Morris is going to be joining the Globetrotters, and she could do crazy things with the ball and spin it behind the back and all that crazy stuff. So um, good on her. An LSU legend going to be making a living playing the game in a slightly different way. And as my dad once joked, the Globetrotters are less rigged than the actual games. So, yeah. <laughs> so maybe yeah. she'll get her first taste uh-huh. of honest basketball playing yeah. for the Globetrotters. But I thought that was really cool, man. It's a great opportunity and, for uh, her. Your Tigers last night took one on the chin. But, <sighs> look, they started off behind, like, I mean, behind eight balls, 10 nothing, quick. And uh, Tennessee went on a run, got a big lead, 20-something points. Tigers cut it to – Maybe nine ten in, in the second half, and at the end it got away. And it was a twenty point game, but uh, they didn't give up. They played with um, oh, what a transfer from Tulane. Um, yeah, Cook wasn't Cook, there. He wasn't there. So, um, but still, Tennessee's a real good team. Tennessee's loaded. They're seventeen and five, seven and two in the SEC. Um, along the same lines, bro. Auburn man rolled past yep. the past Bama last night I, I don't have a clue bro like I, I we say it all the time when we talk about college basketball I'm over here earlier in the week talking up North Carolina oh I think they're gonna win the championship yeah. they're so they lose at home to Clemson like I don't know this is gonna be one of those years where when you're filling out your bracket if anybody who says that they know what they're doing is just lying I think I think Purdue's probably got the most talented team but they're choke artists man they never go far um, That's what I, I was getting ready to say. It may be Purdue that this year they don't choke because the last couple of years they, they've been choking big time. That that thing's going to be wide open. And you know what? I, I didn't realize this, and it just goes to show the struggle that the smaller conference schools have as opposed to the big conference schools. Um, I was talking about this at one of the Nichols games, and the conversation came up of, okay, if McNeese goes like 28 and 3 or whatever and then loses the Southland Conference Tournament Championship, would they get an at large bid? And then the conversation was, oh, you know, maybe, you know, 50 50 toss up kind of thing. Okay. So then the next layer of the onion was if the Southland Conference gets two teams in, which would be the tournament champion and the McNeese as an at large. Would that be beneficial to Nichols? And I didn't realize this is that every game that is a national postseason televised national TV game, everybody in the conference gets a check for that. They get some cash yeah. off that. And what I didn't realize is that it was often we wonder why the Southland team is always in the play in. More often than not, they're 
asking to be in the play-in. Why? Because you get the money for that play-in game, and if you win it, then you go play the one seed, so you get everybody gets two checks instead of one. I didn't realize that. But yeah, if McNeese gets in and another team from the league gets in, everybody benefits from that. So that's probably what a lot of folks in the league are rooting for to happen. Didn't realize that there was so much financial incentive for those small schools for their colleagues in the tournament to do well. And it would be close, man. When you look at it, if if a, if they can get in as an at-large. Will Wade's going to get them in. Because it's so competitive right now. I, I think that, that just the, the committee knowing that, hey, if we let this lunatic in, it's going to draw eyeballs. If they go, they're 20 and three right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left. If they finish 27 and four or 28 and three and lose in the tournament championship, I think that they'll get in. Because you got to remember, they have a win over VCU, they have a win over Michigan. Oh, that's true. And they do have some non conference wins under their belt in addition to what they've done. They beat Louisiana Lafayette, they beat Southern Miss. I do think they beat UAB. I think that they have done enough that if they finish really strong, I do think that they could get in as an at-large. Man, that would be huge. That Two would, teams. That would be very big for, for the league, and, and everybody would benefit from it. So hopefully that that could happen, but hopefully Nichols kicks their ass in a couple of weeks. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> that would be okay, too. We want to thank everybody for listening. Tonight we are going to yes. the reservation. We've got Hanville and HL Bourgeois. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's going to be a great matchup of some explosive and very talented playmakers. You'll be able to hear that on ESPN 100.3, roughly 7 o'clock start time. We're going to wrap things up tomorrow. We're going to look at some of these Super Bowl prop bets, and we're going to have some fun because there's so much stuff you could gamble on, and we'll uh, give our predictions for the game. Thanks for listening to Play by Play. Have a wonderful rest of the day. God bless. You're listening to KLEB. 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.